Welcome to Getting Healthcare Right, a bi-monthly podcast about the business of healthcare. Brought to you by TriHealth and hosted by Jamie Smith, president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. In this podcast series, we explore changes being made by some healthcare systems to provide care differently and in a way that benefits patients, employers, and entire communities all while costing less than traditional healthcare delivery. It's about getting healthcare right. Hello, I'm Jamie Smith, the president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. And I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Getting Healthcare Right, brought to you by the Cincinnati Business Courier and presented by TriHealth. Today, we have Tashana Oteville, Chief Diversity Officer, and Terry Hanlon Bremer, Chief Operating Officer of TriHealth. Today, we're gonna to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Tashana, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jamie. And Terry, welcome back to the podcast again. Thank you, Jamie, it's great to be here. We'll start off, Tashana, can you just briefly tell me what uh, that means, uh, TriHealth, to be Chief Diversity Officer? Yeah, Jamie, great question. Um, being the Chief Diversity Officer here at TriHealth means that I have responsibility and oversight of ensuring that every team member and every patient and every physician that comes into our offices or our practices feel like they have a sense of belonging, that their backgrounds and their religious beliefs and sexual orientation and gender and different characteristics are embraced and you are treated fair and equally to receive health care at TriHealth regardless of any of those different characteristics. You know, I know there's a lot of discussion today about diversity, equity, inclusion, and more so now belonging. Since this is a podcast about population health, I'd really like to focus on the DEIB and health issues. How critical is it to delivering on the population health promise. Terry, I'll start with you. What is your take on that? Thank you, Jamie. It's absolutely essential on delivering on the population health promise. You know, in population health, we are looking at our triple aim plus one. And that means that we're getting better care, better health, better value, plus better satisfaction and experience. So at the core of this is ensuring that all of our patients or all people that we serve feel like they have a sense of belonging in our organization, that they are being treated with respect and equity, and that they can achieve the same health outcomes regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, or any other lens. Tashana, how would you add anything to that? I would agree with what Terry said. I think at TriHealth, our focus is really on ensuring equitable and inclusive organization. And that just means a lot of education and training around a diverse and um, vulnerable population. So on how they receive care, how they have access to care, and also, you know, how they're treated when they enter into our facilities. Do they feel like they belong? And when we think about just equitable patient experience and outcomes, we think about not turning anyone away. Um, TriHealth is a faith-based organization, and we are really founded on our principles of 
providing care for all people. And that's just really what our foundational principles are. And we know that we're obligated to the community to decrease the health disparities that are present. And so we want to make sure that we are doing our part as the community leader in this space to make sure that we are providing that equitable access and and really focusing on some of those physical and behavior components of things that our patients in the communities are struggling with. Tashana, this podcast is obviously targeted to the business population. Why should business people be concerned about DEI and B within the healthcare organizations? Well, I think this is not surprising information to you or any others that are listening. The George Floyd death really prompted a lot of organizations to have a hyphen focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and now belonging, which is a new term that was added in in the recent years. And more so diversity, when we think about diversity, we're talking about any of the characteristics that make us different from race, ethnicity, gender, language. And when we think about equity in terms of just fair and equitable treatment, and then if I think about inclusion, we think about do I have a voice at the table? Are my concerns being valid? Are they being heard? And the belonging piece is I feel safe and secure to be a part of this organization. And I think as organizations continue to focus on the DEIB work, that what you will find is that there are high results towards these initiatives with better talent pool, increased employee engagement, more innovation, better decision-making, and really a boost sense of belonging and more willingness to work towards the bottom line of those results in any given organization and department. So I think it's a critical component that we continue to focus on this for, for businesses and not just look at it as a check of the box. One of the things I like to pride ourselves on here at TriHealth is that we really are focused and committed. This wasn't an avalation beyond just, you know, what happened, the unfortunate things that happened with George Floyd, but we have incorporated in this into everything we do from our behavioral interviewing practices to our retention strategies, including, but not limited to just how we look at advancement opportunities and how we provide training and those types of things. Uh, it's so great to hear you, not just because it's the right thing to do, but, you know, all the reasons that you said how, it, you know, ultimately it affects your bottom line. And that's where I think CEOs are, are really starting to listen to this and not just uh, create policies, but make sure these policies are in place and are working. Terry, I'll turn to you a little bit. Population health obviously focuses managing chronic conditions and closing gaps that you see in healthcare. Do you see a historic correlation between issues like race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, and how well chronic conditions are managed? We actually do, Jamie, and I'll focus mostly on race and ethnicity because that's the data that we have the most of. We are just now starting to gather data on sexual orientation and gender identification. But what we have seen historically in our own population is that there are variances. There's variances when you look at the typical chronic conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, COPD, which is a a lung disorder, asthma. 
where people of color are not having the same outcomes as Caucasian. We actually have looked at this data under Tashana's leadership and guidance, and we can actually pinpoint where we have those variances in our own organization. And what that allows us to do is to then work directly with that provider and team member population so we can understand, is there an education issue going on? Is there an access issue going on? Is it uh, something else that we need to adjust so that we can ensure that people of color that we are serving have the same outcomes that Caucasian individuals are achieving? You know, one thing I've heard about is the need for caregivers to be more welcoming to different communities and even making sure that these caregivers are more reflective of the communities that they're serving. What exactly is TriHealth doing to address that issue? I think we're doing a multitude of things. Uh, first, I'd just like to kind of start off with really segueing back on Terry's question about just our real data, which is race, ethnicity, and language data. But in addition to that, what we're also focusing on is identifying any gaps in services that may be presented for those that need language services and or disability services. And so when we think about making sure that our caregivers and our team members are really providing that level of care to that vulnerable population, we think about the educational pieces that we need. So implicit and unconscious bias training is one of the things that's a top priority in our organization. So from our board all the way down to, you know, any other level in our organization, uh, we have made this a strategic priority to make sure that each of us are culturally competent and we know what it is to provide culturally competent care. In addition to that, making sure that the social determinants of health needs are really being met. So we're doing a lot of screenings upon entering into our environment to understand how to really provide care to those patients. And I think we talk about going out to the community and being a vessel in the community. One of the things that we recognize with TriHealth is that it starts with us first inside of our own organization, inside of our own home. And so what we had to do is take a critical lens at look at some of the things that we were doing right and then some of the things that raised opportunities for us, such as does our policies really allow equitable access? Is our marketing materials as such that they are are speaking to all areas of the vulnerable population. Do we create an environment that we are making our patients want to come and stay and continue to receive care where, where we can really establish that trust factor? Tashana, I think those are all great points. And under your leadership, we've been able to move that dial forward. What I would also say is a couple other things from a recruitment perspective. One is we actually have uh, a goal at the leadership level where we are intentionally and deliberately ensuring that we have diverse candidates for consideration within our leadership open positions. This is really important, Jamie, because we know that we're a better organization when we reflect the community that we serve. And so we've been able to not only internally promote individuals into leadership roles that are individuals of color, but we also have more diverse candidates being hired into TriHealth 
through this deliberate effort. And it's not just a checking the boxes to Shauna said earlier. This is because we really believe at the heart of the matter that we are a better organization when we are reflective of this community and have a diverse workforce and a diverse leadership team. I also want to just um, congratulate Tashana. She's been instrumental in leading what we call our BOLD program, Building Our Leadership Diversity. We just had our inaugural group graduate, and this was 15 team members within TriHealth that are all individuals of color, and they were uh, going through a curriculum that finessed their skills for leadership. And our intention with this is to not only expose them to skill building and other leaders in the organization, but to also give them opportunities for more additional project work, leadership advancement, or just a way to hone in on their capabilities and their skills that better us as an organization. The last thing I would say is that we also have a partnership with Meharry College, and that's a historically Black university. And through that partnership, we have physicians coming on board into our graduate medical education program and training here with the hope that they are going to like us so much that they will stay and help serve our community post-completion of their residency. So those are just a few examples of how we're recruiting. That's great. The one thing that I pulled out of what Tashana said is, you know, look at issues and not looking at them as problems, but looking at them as opportunities to make change and create equity. So uh, hats off to you all for that. Tashana, what kind of things is Triumph doing in the community to promote healthier behaviors and preventative health screenings in the community? Yeah, so we have been participating in a lot of community events, such as Closing the Health Gap. We're getting ready to do a partnership with the Local 12 News, where really is focused on our senior population. In those programs, what we do is we really promote healthy behaviors and preventive screenings, such as colorectal screenings and information about how they can access those. We have mammography bands at these events to um, provide mammography services. In addition to that, we've um, focused on uh, cancer screening. The cancer screening was a, a there's been a rise in in the amount of uh, throat and cancer screening in that area. So. We have some of our physicians that come out and not only conduct exams at some of these community events, but they also provide best practices and tools to kind of check and do um, self-examinations at home. In addition to that, we also provide biometric screenings and hypertension. We all know that, you know, hypertension is one of the leading causes of death amongst African-American communities. So we've been really trying to promote awareness around blood pressure and taking your blood pressure medication and how often you should get your blood pressure checked. So we know that also there's a struggle amongst our population in mental health services and We have a lot of initiatives around our mental health services and our integrated behavioral health care where we're really focusing on getting the patient to care as they're coming to the primary care office or they come in to see one of our physicians. You know, how can we get them to care at the right time and put them in the right settings? Because we know if your mental capacity isn't right, then you most likely aren't taking your medicine, which leads to other comorbidities. And so we do a lot of education around some of those Uh, initiatives in the community. One of the things I'd like to mention too is that we've recently partnered with a couple of different churches just to come in and do 
community education sessions about health and preventive care. At our events that we participate in the community, we do have real-time registration where we can get patients into our physicians. I would probably say right now today we have 80, I think about 81 of our primary care providers that are receiving new patients and patients can get in within the next seven days. And so we're really trying to promote awareness around why it's important to get these screenings and how it has an impact to your overall health status as a whole. That's great. Hearing the outreach just makes so much sense, you know. So often people think that, you know, you go to a doctor when you're sick, that's all you need. It's great that you guys are reaching out to the community to let them know you're there for them. Without sharing or identifying details, of course, can you share any patient or provider stories about how your changes are having an impact here in the community? Yeah, maybe I'll start and Shauna can add to this. What I'll share is a couple things. One is on the provider side. We have had experiences in the maternity area where we've been able to work with our providers and educate them on the fact that women of color that their pain is real and that they're not making this up when they say they have pain. And our providers have been very open to hearing that information, being educated so that when they are working with a woman of color, they are culturally competent and very respectful that when the woman says, I'm having pain, she is having pain and that needs to be addressed. And so, of course, these kind of educations sometimes stem from where it hasn't always gone well. So we've been able to use feedback from our patients if they had an experience that wasn't quite ideal. And then we can work with our team and say, this was not an ideal experience. Here's what we need to do differently. And I would say very well received so that then the next time that provider or team member is working with a person of color, they will be able to be more respectful and understanding of that person's position and what they're saying and take that as real. Tashana, anything to add? I think the same holds true from any other patient or provider story, regardless of race, right? So we have a lens on any disabilities or any services such as language services, where if a patient does not feel that they're getting timely or adequate access, that we have process improvement in place and education in place for our team members, as well as our physicians to ensure that we are escalating appropriately and looking at some of our policies and procedures to ensure that there's equitable and fair treatment across the board. And you know what, Tashana, that's a really great point. And I will add, while we have talked about race and ethnicity, I'll also bring up gender um, identification and sexual orientation. We had a patient experience where we had a gay male patient feel very comfortable speaking with his female provider about HIV prevention. And the reason that he was able to feel comfortable is he said that the physician made him feel like he belonged and she gave him a safe space to have the conversation in. So we're really looking at this as Tashana has uh, nicely shared across a variety of different diverse lenses. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, some of the things we do is we've really been intentional about checking our bias. Mm-hmm. And we ask ourselves the question, you know, is this the fact or is this the feeling? Could I have done something differently? And those are some of the things that we ask our caregivers and our providers to ask when these situations come up. Again, we're not trying to assume um, blame or responsibility, but we want everyone that comes through our doors to feel a sense of belonging, to feel safe, to feel secure, and to feel like that they can trust us to be their healthcare provider. In closing, uh, Tashana, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience? Yeah, I would just encourage everyone to do the right thing and not because you are being held to compliance standards. Look inside your heart, dig deep, find the moral connections. There is more that connects us than separates us. And if we want to do the right thing for the community, we all have to focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and making sure that everyone feel like they belong. Terry, how about you? I don't know that I can follow that. That was really well said. I think from my lens, we are here to fulfill our mission. And that means serving all people, regardless of their background or their life experiences or the color of their skin or their sexual orientation or their socioeconomic status. So we just want to stay true to our mission. And as an individual, I think we all have an obligation to check our biases, to reflect on what we can do differently so that we help each person that we come into contact with feel truly a sense of belonging in our tri-health world. Well, I'd like to thank both of you for your time today and adding more meaning and more inclusion on our population health journey. I'd like to thank the audience for tuning in and would like to remind you if you've missed any of the previous episodes of Getting Healthcare Right, please go to the CincinnatiBusinessCourier.com, click on our menu in the top left corner, look under Partner Content, and click on the Getting Healthcare Right tab, and you'll find all of the past episodes. Again, thank you TriHealth for including us on this journey, and thank you ladies for being here with us today. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie, it's been fun. Thank you for downloading Getting Healthcare Right, presented by the Cincinnati Business Courier and sponsored by TriHealth. To learn more, visit trihealth.com.